All right, so get your Bibles. You guys all got Bibles? Grab one if you don't have one. So go to Deuteronomy chapter 31. So we're talking about uh, Joshua. We're going to really look at six verses today. We started talking about Joshua last week. Hopefully you guys... Was all of you guys here for that? Cameron, you weren't here last week, were you? <clears throat> well, we talked about Joshua. We kind of, I kind of gave you the backstory of Joshua's life and talked about um, you know, how he was born into slavery in Egypt and how he grew up and uh, how he was Moses' right-hand man as they wandered through the wilderness. He was one of the 12 spies. Him and Caleb were the two that... Um, came back and said, "Yes, we should we should go in and and take the peop- take the land." And of course, they didn't do that. And so, but he like Joshua witnessed firsthand all of the miracles that God did um, to get them out of the nation of Egypt. You know, all the plagues that He brought. Um, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, the feeding. You know, when He fed them in the wilderness with manna from heaven and the water coming out of the rock and all of those things, Joshua was part of. And um, and observed those things all firsthand. And so then we read the book, or the book, the chapter, the first chapter of Joshua. And I had you guys like pay attention for what you thought like a, a theme might be, or if you noticed anything that came up multiple times. And uh, I forget who it was, but somebody noticed uh, the phrase, be strong and have a good courage. And so um, that was kind of where we left it last week was just um, wanted you guys to think about like why that why that phrase was used uh, four times in the first chapter of Joshua, and um, you know why that might be an important phrase going forward for the book of Joshua, because they're getting ready to go into a bunch of battles, right? They're supposed to go in and take the take the promised land. It's going to be a series of battles. Every you know every city they come to, they're supposed to go in, conquer the city, um, you know, kill everyone, take the city for themselves, uh, and kind of work their way through. Um, the land of Egypt, or the land of Egypt, the land of Israel, and so that was that was what their job was. And so for God to start the chapter or the book off by you know telling them be strong and have a good courage four different times, um, that was just an interesting, not interesting, but it is an interesting way for Him to start that that book off by saying that so many times. So um, I kind of wanted to focus on that phrase um, specifically, the last part, a good courage. Um, and because that that phrase only shows up six times in the whole Bible, and those are the six verses that it shows up in, uh, the phrase of good courage. And so, um, what does it mean when God repeats Himself, or why does God repeat Himself? Huh? It's important. Okay. What else? Why does God repeat Himself? Why does anybody repeat themselves? Maybe they didn't hear them. Yeah, like they want to make sure that you get this because it is important. Um, sometimes it's done as like a like a warning. Maybe your parents have said, uh, I'm only going to say this once or don't make me say this again. Right? Maybe you guys have heard that whenever they tell you to do something or stop doing something. 
um, you know, repeating yourself is like, uh, you know, like why am I? Why do I have to repeat myself? You should have gotten it the first time, right? Or or it can be used as an emphasis thing. Like, um, you know, I really want to make sure that you get this because it's important. And so, um, so God repeats Himself six times. Uh, so the first three times is in the book of or in Deuteronomy 31, which is just like five chapters before the book of Joshua. So Deuteronomy 31 is at the very end of Moses' life. And all three of those mentions in Deuteronomy 31 is talking about what's about to happen in the book of Joshua. So really all six of these things, even though they're a few chapters apart, they're all about the same thing. And so I think it's interesting that, you know, in the entire Bible, that phrase only shows up six times. And all six of them are really right uh, right in the same uh, little part of the Bible. And they're all about the same thing. Um, so when also another thing about like when God repeats himself in the Bible is uh, God only has, I mean, there's only so many words. Like God gave us this as all we know about him is contained in here, right? There's nothing that we know about God that isn't contained in the Bible. Uh, everything that we know about creation, everything we know about uh, a lot of things is, is, in this, is in this Bible, Right. There's some historical things that are that we know that are outside of the Bible, you know, as far as Israel's history and things. Uh, there's some historical books outside of the Bible that we know some of those things. But God had I mean, the, for all for everything that everything about God to only fit in this book, um, it means that every word in, in here is precious. Right. It talks about that in Psalms, how every word of God is pure. And and uh, so. God only had so many, I mean, he could have made it as long as he wanted to, but, but God only had so much, so many words to put into the Bible. And when he repeats himself, it's like he's using some of those words again to repeat himself. And, uh, so sometimes it's like, you know, why, why didn't God give us a little bit more information about this thing or that thing instead of repeating himself? But obviously God knows better than us. Uh, anybody know how many, approximately how many words are in the King James Bible? Give me a guess. Amy, give me a guess of how many words are in the English or in the King James Bible. Sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. Okay, Brendan. Uh, Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand, Lucas. Cameron. Two hundred cheater face. Does your Bible actually say how many words is in it? I don't think it will. It's 700... Huh? <laughs> now you're really cheating. It's on the board. 783,137. Now those are not unique words. Some of those are like repeated. You know, the word and or uh or of the things like that are in there a lot. But uh, there's 783,137 words in the Bible. Now, raise your hand if you have read the Harry Potter books. Are you guys fans of the books? I know your dad's a big fan of the books. All right. Guess how many words are in the Harry Potter series? In total, seven books. I have it saved. Of course you do. 1.4 million. 1.4 million? It's close. How you got like five seconds before I write it on the board? Five. No. Four. Three. 
You actually have it written down in your phone? I have it in a Pinterest board of me and Harry Potter. Yes, of course I do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I could just write it down. I'm just going to write it down. Okay, so Sup, Elizabeth? It is 1,084,170. That's total words again, not unique words. Um, so, for you guys who have read Harry Potter, uh, don't tell me you can't read the Bible because it's less words by almost a quarter. And, anyways, I thought it was interesting how many. I just I just started looking it up. How many words were in different things? So, um, all right. So God only has seven hundred eighty-three thousand one hundred thirty-seven words to tell us everything He wanted us to know. And so. Um, you know, how, like, how do we know how to walk with the Lord? Only because it's in that 783,000 words, right? How do we know, um, <clears throat> you know, how to face uh, difficult things? How do we know how to face, uh, you know, evil when it confronts us? How do we know how to, um, you know, grow in our relationship with the Lord? How does the, the church as a whole know how to operate? How does, uh, how do we, you know, deal with pastors and deacons? What if there's problems in our church? How do we deal with that? Um, all of the things that we need to know about all of those things uh, fits in that 783,137 words. You know, how do you how do you guys be uh, a good sister or brother? How do you be a good son or daughter? How do you be a good mother or father? How do you be a good husband or wife? Um, all of those things, uh, maybe not a good one of those, but a godly one of those. How do you be a godly uh, son or daughter? All of that stuff is recorded in, the, in those words. And so when God repeats himself and uses some of those words to say the same thing again, um, I think it's important uh, that he's chosen to repeat some of those things. And so um, so when he repeats this phrase, a good courage, uh, it would be good for us to pay attention to why he's saying that, uh, who he's saying it to, what he's talking about, um, things that we can apply for, for from that from the usage of those words. And so we know that the Bible, like the Old Testament, is not written to us, right? This is written to and about the Israelites. Uh, but just like every every passage of Scripture, we can apply things um, to our lives about what we're reading. And so, you know, we, we were not at this time, you know, getting ready to take over uh, the promised land, right? We Our, our ancestors were not part of this. Um, you know, we're... This is not written to us or about us, but God can use and does use the words in here to uh, to challenge us, to encourage us, uh, things that we can apply in our life. And so, um, when I think about the phrase "a good courage," like who do you guys think of in the Bible when you think about courage? Who are like some names that pop into your mind? David. David that was the first one I thought of. What? Esther. Esther yes. Anybody else? Daniel, yes, getting tossed into the lion's den for praying. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same, same uh, passage of the Bible, right? They're about to get thrown into a fiery furnace if they don't bow down. That's courageous. Um, think of Jesus, you know, like going to the cross, knowing that at any time he could have just, you know, vanished. He could have just called angels and, and taken him off of the cross. Uh, you know, he, he goes quietly. Uh, to be crucified, knowing what's going to happen to him. Uh, there's tons of them. There's tons of examples of of courage in the Bible. Um, there's a lot of examples of courage outside of the Bible, 
right? This is Veterans Day weekend. Uh, we're going to have a Veterans Day um, recognition during service here in just a little bit. Uh, you know, talking about men and women who were courageous in, you know, in serving their country. And uh, there was a guy that at the middle school, the middle school had an assembly on Friday. Uh, did the high school have an assembly Friday for Veterans Day? No. no. Yes, no. We did. You did? We did. Okay. Mm, sorry. Well, the middle school had one, and Harrisonville, the middle school had one, and uh, they had two different guys get up and two different veterans get up and talk about uh, their time serving. And uh, one of the guys was talking about how uh, his job in the army was to, or he was a marine, I think. Um, his job was to go in and this. I forget the name of the road, but there was this dangerous strip of road in Afghanistan. It's supposedly the most dangerous uh, stretch of road in Afghanistan, and he had to go in. His job was to, like, sweep it for bombs and remove bombs. And uh, I guess the vehicle that he was in got blown up by one of these bombs. And uh, physically, I, I mean, I, he suffered some, some trauma. Um, but he was, like, I mean, he didn't, like, lose any limbs or anything. But... Um, but he talked about just kind of some of the mental struggles with that and all the different people that helped him get through that. And, uh, but it was kind of cool because he told that story and then he said basically that, uh, you know, he was, he was losing hope and he was struggling with all these different things. And he was talking about how many veterans, you know, per day commit suicide and, and all of this, this kind of stuff. And so you could tell that he had been struggling with a lot of, um, you know, demons and stuff within his own mind. And, um, but then he said, you know, that the thing that, the, the thing that got him through all of that was Jesus. And in front of this, the whole school of middle schoolers, um, and a bunch of parents and grandparents and all these veterans and stuff, this guy starts talking about Jesus and how, you know, if you're struggling with something like Jesus is, is the one who gives us hope and he's the one who got me through it, you know, come talk to me afterwards, talk to one of your friends, you know, ask him questions about Jesus. It was just really cool that he, you know, in front of the whole school. So I went up and talked to him after after I was done, and or after he was done, and uh, and you know, I just that's that's a pretty courageous thing to do. I mean, what he did in the military was super courageous, also. But to get up in front of, I don't know, three or four hundred people, and you know, talk about Jesus, and and I mean, that that can be um, you know an act of courage. And uh, he said that he's done it a couple different times, and uh, Mr. Grantham lets him keep coming back, and so. Um, so anyways, that's not always something that you would get at a middle school assembly about veterans is people talking about Jesus. And so just uh, just thinking about things of, of courage when I was getting this message ready, that was uh, something that was fresh on my mind because that, that it had just happened Friday morning. So all the stuff that happens uh, in the Bible and out of the Bible, people d- displaying courage, and, and why is God using this phrase, a good courage, uh, these six times? So open up to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Um, I'm going to read this whole chapter, and um, I want you guys to pay attention to where they are. It's verses that's up on the board. 6, 7, and 23 are the verses that this phrase shows up. Uh, But just kind of pay attention to what's going on. Um, You know, so basically the the context is Moses is about to die, right? He's he's got a couple chapters left where he's alive. Um, He's addressing the nation of Israel um, starting at the beginning of the chapter. And, uh, you know, the people know that they're getting ready to enter into the promised land, which is a land that they've been promised for a very long time. Um, it's, it's their destiny, right, to, to go into this land. This has been something that's been promised for generations and generations 
of Israelites. And finally, these people are the ones who are supposed to go in and fulfill um, what God has told them to do. And so uh, the generation before them, their parents or their grandparents, uh, were the ones that went in and spied it out. And they were too afraid to go in and take the promised land. So these kids, these not kids, but these people um, that are part of the nation of Israel now, all of them are 40 years old or younger, except for Joshua and Caleb. Because basically when they started wandering in the wilderness and they, they went and spied out the land and they came back with the bad report saying, don't let's not do it. And everyone agreed, okay, we're not going to do it. At that time, God said, none of you is going to be able to go into the promised land. All of you, we're going to wander around this wilderness until all of you are dead, except Joshua and Caleb. And at that time, it was going to be Moses also, but, uh, but Moses later on hit the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. And so God, you know, took that away from him as well. So only two people in all of Israel were older than 40 years old as they got ready to enter into the promised land. Everyone else was 40 years old and younger. So all of these people who were getting ready to enter the promised land were either under the age of uh, 18, or I think it was 21, uh, when they left Egypt, or they were born in the wilderness. Okay, So these are the people, they grew up knowing, hey, uh, our parents and our grandparents didn't have the courage to go in. They heard the report about this, this promised land, and they made the choice not to go in and, and take it out. Um, and so because of that, we are going to have to do it, right? So they knew... You know, basically from the time they were children, that uh, this is going to be coming. Like, there's going to be a day where we're going to cross the Jordan River uh, and we're going to enter into the Promised Land and we're going to have to start fighting all these different battles. And so, uh, you know, this wasn't maybe new information to them, but it was like, you know, you know, like if you think about something that's like off in the distance, like something that you know is going to have to happen, maybe not even years down the road, but like something that you're kind of dreading that you're really not maybe looking forward to or something that you're nervous about. And it's like, well, it's, it's, you know, three months away. It's, you know, six months away. It's whatever. But as it gets closer, you're like, okay, it's like, now it's like two weeks away. I really don't want to do this. I'm nervous about this. Right. And then it gets to like the day before, you know, the week before. And the closer you get to it, you know, it, the more nervous you are about it. Well, they're getting ready to, I mean, they're like very, very close to doing something that they've been hearing about their whole lives like you're going to have to go in and do this and so they're getting ready to do it so this is why god's giving them this this reminder to be of a good courage and so uh so let's read deuteronomy 31 um we're starting in verse one and moses went and spake these words unto all israel and he said unto them so this is him addressing all of israel and he said unto them i am 120 years old this day i can no more go out and come in also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over uh, before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon and unto Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the, land, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So that's the first uh, the first time it shows up. And uh, so he's addressing all of Israel. <clears throat> and... Oops. 
So he's addressing all of Israel. He's telling them, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to go into the promised land with you guys. Okay, God, God has told me I'm not going to go in. I'm getting old. Uh, I'm going to die before we cross the river. But uh, you guys are going to go in. And he reminds him in verse 3 uh, that he says, The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, uh, and thou shalt possess them. Uh, so he tells them, you know, like, God's going to do this for you, right? But you guys have to actually, like, you're going to participate and have to be part of, um, you know, part of this this uh, mission. And so when he gets to verse verse 6 and he, and he uses that phrase, <clears throat> uh, he's reminding them again, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is. Uh, that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So he's talking to all of Israel and he's telling all of them, hey, I know that you're scared. I, I know I'm not going to be there. Joshua's going to be there with you. He's going to lead you in. God is going to ultimately go before you. And he's, you know, God's going to deliver the victory to you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Okay, so he's he's encouraging all the people, like kind of getting them like mentally and, and like spiritually, emotionally ready to take on uh, what they're about to do. And so then in verse seven, it says, and Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage for thou must go with this people unto the land, which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Okay. So he talks to all of Israel and he tells them all this stuff, right? God's going to go before you. God's going to take care of you. He's not going to forsake you. You guys got this, um, you know, be strong and have a good courage. And then he grabs Joshua. I don't know if he's like on a you know stage or how he's talking to all these people, but he grabs Joshua. And then he's talking to Joshua in front of everybody. And he tells Joshua, hey, Joshua, listen, be strong and have a good courage. So this is directed to Joshua specifically, uh, but all of Israel can hear him. <clears throat> and then he says, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. So he's he's talking to Joshua and he's telling him, Hey, you're gonna be the one that's gonna go in before them, or go in with them, lead them in, and you know, you're gonna be involved in helping them fulfill what we've been talking about for all these years. Okay? You're gonna you're gonna be the one. Like this is a big role for you, Joshua. Like, of course, God's going to do the work. God's going to be the one that's going to handle the battles and all that. But, but Joshua, you have a, like a big responsibility. You are going to be the leader of these people and you're going to be leading them into maybe the biggest thing that they've ever done, right? The, the scariest thing that these people have ever had to face. Um, and so, you know, for, for leaders, especially like think about, think about military leaders, right? It's a, I mean, it's a heavy burden for a military leader to know because, like, when the people of Israel, when they go in to fight these battles, I mean, you know, God promises them the victory, but it's not like every single person that goes into the battle comes back and no one dies, right? I mean, there's people that are still dying. Like, they're winning the battles, but uh, they're still losing people, right? So, so Joshua knows, hey, I'm going to have to lead troops into battle, and I'm going to have to know that some of these guys are not going to come home, right? Some of these... Uh, people are not going to come back to their families or to their wives or to their parents or to their, I guess all their parents would have been gone by then, but uh, they're not going to come back to their families. Some of these people are going to die. That's a heavy burden that, uh, you know, military people have to deal with. So, you know, all of these things are kind of 
reading between the lines of what Moses is saying to Joshua and, and encouraging Joshua, hey, listen, I know that you are also scared, maybe for a different reason. Maybe, I mean, from the beginning, from the first time when they went to spy it out, Joshua and Caleb were like, hey, let's just do it. We got it. But God's with us. Let's go do it. He had courage from like day one. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily think that, this is my opinion, I don't necessarily think that Joshua was afraid or worried to go into the promised land and take it. Like he's been ready for 40 years to, to do this. Uh, now, I mean, there's still some, you know, butterflies right before you go into action, you know, so I, I get that. But, uh, but I don't think it's like, hey, Joshua's like, maybe not going to go. Of course, Joshua's going to go. He wants to go do this. But, you know, he has to bear the burden of, of leading these people into battle, knowing that some of them are going to die. So, so Moses is giving him this, this charge, like, Hey, don't be afraid, you know, be of good courage. God's got this. Uh, yeah, not everyone's going to make it. Uh, but this is what we're called to do, right? None of us are going to make it out of this life alive anyways, right? All of us are going to die at some point. Now for us, maybe the rapture happens while we're still alive and maybe we don't actually die, but you know, for all of human history, pretty much everyone with a couple of exceptions, uh, has died at some point. And so, um, so Moses is giving, uh, Joshua a charge. And so then in verse, uh, eight and the Lord, so this is him still talking to, uh, Joshua and the Lord, he, it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Okay. So he kind of reminds them the same thing. He just told all of Israel. Now he tells it to Joshua. Um, again, and so then in verse nine, and Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests and the son, or the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto uh, all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, at the end of every seven years, in the solemnity, 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 I don't know, of the year of release, in the feast of tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose thou shalt read this law before all israel in their hearing gather the people together men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gates that they may hear <clears throat> and that they may learn and fear the lord your god to observe and observe to do all the words of this law and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the lord your god as long as ye live in the land whither ye go over jordan to possess it and the lord said unto moses so now god's talking to moses Behold, thy days approach that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord appeared in the, in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. Okay, so they're in the tabernacle and God like fills the whole thing up with this, this cloud. Um, and, the, and then now he's starting to talk to Moses and Joshua. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, are not those evils, these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. So he's telling Moses and Joshua after they just had this, you know, in front of everybody, kind of this, uh, you know, charge, like getting everyone prepared, like mentally to go in and do what they're going to do. Now God says, hey, Moses, grab Joshua. Why don't you guys come up to the tabernacle? I want to talk to you guys directly. And so he fills the whole thing with, with this cloud, with smoke, you know, and. And he's talking to 
to Joshua and Moses, and he tells them, hey, listen, uh, it's not going to take very long, and these people are going to start serving other gods, just so you know. Once we get there, they're going to, you know, there's, there's these people in this, in this land already. These guys are serving other gods, you know, a bunch of different gods, and the Israelites, they're going to start doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, then he says, then God says that his anger is going to be kindled again. Like, hey, I'm not going to be very happy when this happens. It's going to happen. But I just want you guys to know and like be aware of it. I'm not going to be very happy about it. Right. I'm going to be very angry with them. And he lets them know, you know, all these things that are going to befall them, all these problems and troubles and these these evil things that are going to happen to them because they've turned their back on God. And uh, it says in verse 18 that he will hide his face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought and that they. Uh, in that they are turned unto other gods. Now therefore write ye this song and teach it, uh, teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, that they will turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. So he tells them all this stuff and he's like, hey, why don't you write this down in a song? And teach it to these these kids, teach it to the Israelites, uh, so that they can know like when this happens, uh, you know that I I you know I foretold this, I, I told I knew what was going to happen. And verse twenty one, and it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. So he's like, hey, that way once all this stuff happens, they're all going to know this song, right? They're all going to remember this this song that they've heard. And they're going to remember, oh yeah, God told us about this a long time ago. We've been singing this song, right? For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, uh, which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land, which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge saying, be strong and of a good courage for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I uh, swear unto them, and I will be with thee. So now God, you know, he has Moses and Joshua in the tabernacle, and he, he tells all, you know, all this stuff that's going to happen. He tells Moses to write this song. So Moses writes the song, and then he like, you know, at the very end, kind of, uh, you know, after he's done talking about all this stuff, he's like, oh, hey, Joshua, be strong, and have a good, God talking to Joshua, be strong, have a good courage, um, for thou, you're going to bring the people into the land of the, which I swear unto them, but I'm going to be with you, right? So God reminds them one more time, hey, I know I just said all this terrible stuff and it, it is going to happen, um, but hey, listen, you're going to go in, you're going to lead them in, I'm going to be with you. This is the fulfillment of what I've been telling these people for a long time. And so, so the third time that it shows up is God telling Joshua, uh, the same thing that Moses told the people and then Moses tells Joshua. Now God's telling Joshua. And so um, next week we'll get into, let's see. Yeah, next week I'll be here. Next week we're going to get into Joshua chapter one, where we'll look at the next three times where this shows up and we'll talk about, you know, kind of like what's going on in there. But I just want you guys to, to see like how God is working and how God is preparing them. So it's the same, it's the same thing like in our own lives. Right. Like like what Cameron said when he was talking about Jonah and, you know, being afraid and and like not having courage to face different things. God's not going to give us more than more than we can handle. Right. God was asking a huge thing of the nation of Israel. He was asking a huge thing of uh, of Joshua. Right. But every step of the way, he kind of remind. I mean, they've been training for this since they were children. 
right? They've, they've known about this for a long time. It's not like God sprung this, this huge thing on them. They've known about it for a long time. They've been preparing. I'm sure they were like, you know, probably Joshua among others was, was teaching them from like childhood how to wield a sword. Maybe they had bow and arrows. I don't know. Like he's teaching them how to use the weapons that they have. They're training them, right? These, these, uh, children have been training to become soldiers for their whole life. Okay. And so, uh, so they've known that it's coming. And so God's been preparing them physically along the way. He's been preparing them spiritually, right? I mean, they've been walking with the Lord for 40 years in the wilderness and they know that it's because of the sin of their parents that they're even in this situation. Their parents should have been the ones to go in and do this. So they know like, Hey, I can't fail this. I have to do this because I don't want my kids to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years while watching me die. And then my, my kids are going to have to go in and do this. Like, I don't want that for my own children. Me, like me personally, like, so they know, Hey, we're only in this situation because our parents didn't have the courage to face this. So now it's up to us, right? We have to be the ones to go in and do this. And so, um, you know, so God's, God prepares you to face the things that you're going to face, right? Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, that God will not uh, tempt you above or not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, uh, but with the temptation will make a way of escape. Okay, so, you know, God, God's always going to have you, uh, you know, not face things that you're not ready for, not able to handle. And so just like with the nation of Israel, he's he's been preparing them. It is going to be a big thing, but but they're prepared, right? They, they have the the physical ability. Um, they, they are ready to do this. Plus God's going to be with them and, and do, you know, most of the work for them. And so, uh, so, you know, God's going to prepare you guys. God is preparing you guys currently to face things that you're going to face like in school or, you know, he's preparing you guys to be a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad. Like, you know, you get those, those things, like as you grow up, uh, you learn those things and, and maybe it's not like, Somebody's sitting down and saying, listen, hey, one day you're going to be a parent. I want to make sure you do this or this, right? But you're gaining knowledge from your parents. Like, here's some things that your parents are doing. Uh, maybe you want to repeat those things. Maybe you don't want to repeat certain things. Um, you know, you can learn the, the good and the bad things. What do you want? No. Uh, she's coming. She's working on stuff at the house. Um so God is preparing all of you guys. So just like be thinking about, you know, the things that God's preparing you for. Know that God is with you. Um, know that, you know, if God's calling you to do something, that God's not going to call you to do something and then not be there with you when you do it. Right. He wasn't calling them to, to take over the promised land and then just going to let them do their thing. Right. If, you know, if God calls you to share the gospel with your friend, God is with, with you while you're doing that. He's not just like, hey, why don't you go do that? I'm going to go over here and deal with something else. You'll be fine. Right? No, God is with you when, when you're doing those things. God's with you. Uh, you know, if you're saved, God's with you all the time. But uh, if he's calling you to do something, then he's going to, I think the phrase goes, if God calls you to it, he'll get you through it, something like that. Right? That's kind of a, you know, little rhymey saying, but it's true. God will, God will get you through the things that he calls you to do. So uh, we'll look at Joshua 1 next week. Does anybody have any questions about anything? No? Comments? Concerns? Elizabeth? I told everybody we're doing the lock-in again. Be thinking about... Oh, you guys weren't here either. Uh, we want the high school, you guys, to help us plan it and do things, like plan what kind of things you want to do, what kind of games, what kind of 